All right. Today's episode is a little recap slash putting a bow on the NBA season, including uh, wrapping up the NBA Finals, a little NBA draft talk, and you know everyone's saying all these draft picks are great, this player's great. I'm going to instead name a couple players that I do not think are going to pan out that were drafted in the lottery, a little Kyrie free agency news as well, but Quick reminder, I'm starting to see on Twitter, people are already starting to say football is back. And what is it, June June 28th? And I think I did this last year with John. It was like mid-July, and we we're like I'm starting to see some mini-camp videos. We're like, man, football's back. When in reality, it was two more months until we saw an actual real football game. And so I'm making that my goal. For this summer, my one goal is do not announce football is back too early because then you get your hopes up and then you're like, wait, I'm just watching preseason football. And you get all hyped up for the Hall of Fame game because you're like, man, I haven't watched football since February. And then you're like, wait, I don't know any of these players. Oh, wait, nobody is trying to win. And so football, I don't think football is officially back until that last week of preseason where you're getting the final roster sorted out. You're figuring out who the starting quarterback is for each team. We've got all our fantasy football drafts done with. We're tinkering with our lineups, maybe making a couple preseason trades. We would also know at that point, the last week of the preseason, what the suspension is looking like for Deshaun Watson. So long way of saying, do not get ahead of yourself and pronounce football is back. It's kind of nice having a little six-week break where you're not you know, staying up till like midnight on the East Coast, five nights during the week and losing sleep and all that stuff. So enjoy the break, watch a little baseball, football, not quite back. But let's get into basketball. And I haven't been on for a couple weeks, but I wanted to recap the NBA finals. And I had the Warriors in six at the beginning, but I don't really, I don't want to brag about it because basically everyone had Warriors in six. So At that point, it's like, what are you really bragging about? Everyone and their mom had that. But the Celtics looked like they had control of it in game four. And I think it was either game four or game five where it's a close game. And the Celtics just missed a bunch of threes. And that's really where the series turned because a lot of these role players lost their confidence. And it was kind of amusing, interesting to watch how these role guys and Derek White, Grant Williams, they were so prominent against the Bucs with Williams hitting like seven threes in that game seven and Derek White having these 18-point games and then they just faded from game one to game six in the NBA Finals became less and less impactful to the point where Doka didn't even feel comfortable playing them and had to lean so heavily on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and they got worn down and Jalen Brown was good Jason Tatum was really bad. But I want to go back to that game four that they let uh, slip out of their hands. They were winning. They're going to go up 3-1. And at that point, you really think the Celtics have control of that series. Probably win it, I don't know, 80% of the time if they're up 3-1. But they just missed a bunch of open threes. And I don't want to be like, hey, the, the guy that's like, hey, it's a make or miss league. But it really is in certain instances, especially with how many three-pointers were shot in the series. It was just, you know, an open Horford three, an open Derek White three. And they were just missing and missing and missing. And they never quite got their stroke back. 
and it's such a long playoffs. I mean, these lasted two months, and I think the Celtics got worn down, not just physically, but mentally, the mental warfare, and just seeing Steph Curry hit these big threes, seeing Draymond Green just dominate your, you know, big bad or supposed to be your tough guy slash, you know, Grant Williams, energy type guy, just getting dominated like that, and then you even saw it play out, and I feel like this was the most indicative moment and kind of represented a microcosm, if you will, of the series was Jason Tatum finally out on the fast break, Draymond Green running with him, and Jason Tatum's trying to finish on the left side, and he just fades away and flips it up and was just so intimidated by Draymond, did not want any contact with Draymond, doesn't even get the foul. And I felt like the Warriors really adjusted to the level of physicality a lot better than the Celtics, where they've been in the finals. They know refs are not going to call these ticky-tack fouls. And boss Jason Tatum just could never get over the fact that he was not going to get these foul calls. And it just kept Tatum just kept doing the thing where he'll drive and then he extends his arms. Um, sometimes KD does this where you extend your arms because you see the defender's arm reached out and then you kind of like raise them to get the foul call and that just wasn't happening. And eventually these guys just lost confidence and they weren't pushing the ball. There's a lot more easy buckets for the Warriors, which I felt really helped their role players getting Wiggins, like open layups, Otto Porter, uh, Gary Payton. Once you get these easy layups, it's really kind of the psychology of basketball. You see it go through the rim you're a lot more confident on offense that you can make a shot in this big stage, but also more energy on defense. You made a shot. The crowd's, you know, cheering hard for you. And the Celtics, it was just so hard for them to get a bucket. And it felt like they really needed a Jordan Poole type point guard, spark off the bench, Nate Robinson type guy that can create for 12 minutes. And they did not have that. And the Warriors get their fourth title. It was pretty cool seeing the Warriors back in it. Clay Thompson, who I was ragging on, he really turned it up the last few games. And it'll be exciting to see what level he gets to with a full offseason coming off the injury. Okay, let's talk NBA draft. A weird late shakeup with Bancaro going number one. And the Magic never worked him out. And I was thinking, you know, no good success story between a team and a draftee starts with, yeah, well, we didn't work him out, but we drafted him anyway. That's never really the start to a, to a success story between a team and player. But um, Bancaro, I think, is the best player. The only weird concerning thing is he's pretty big. He's got a, kind of big hips. And, you know, when you're 6'10", and you're 18 years old, and you're already kind of thick, not trim, skinny, chiseled, kind of thick... It's a little, it's obviously not the Zion extent, but it's something to keep your eye on in terms of injuries, conditioning, defense, all that type of stuff. But let's get to two players that were drafted high up that I do not think are going to pan out. And let's start with the fifth overall pick, Jaden Ivey. He slips to five. He was projected to go four. The Kings decide to go Keegan Murray and pass up on Jaden Ivey, who falls to the Indiana Pacers. And here's the thing with Ivey. So he's a sophomore. His turnovers doubled from freshman to sophomore year. And his assist-to-turnover ratio in his sophomore year, and keep in mind, this is with a very good Purdue team. A lot of 
shooters, Stevanovich around him, two good big men. Like he's got guys to pass to. His assist to turnover ratio is practically one to one. It was 3.1 assists to 2.6 turnovers. Okay. His shot does not have the quickest release. Uh, he did make, a, a, I think, like 37% of his threes, which is pretty good. But the shot and the release, it looks a little clunky. It's not one of those tight kind of like Bancaro kind of has a tight shot. Jabari Smith has a tight shot. It's kind of a lot of moving parts in Ivy's shot. So the biggest reason why he was drafted so high was his athleticism. While he's really athletic, he's not John ja Moran out of this world. I am 10x more athletic than you, and I'm going to make you look like the slowest person in the world. I don't think he quite has that. And just his dis- not great decisions with the ball. And I just think he's being so propped up by this athleticism. When that gap decreases and is chopped down, I just don't think he's got the skills, the decision-making, the passing, and a pull-up jumper. I don't think he has that in his repertoire to kind of sustain a high level of basketball when he's not able to just beat people athletically. And just watch that St. Peter's game. He was not able to do anything against guys that were playing. They're much less talented than him, playing a compact. He was not able to play make not just for him, but also create a shot, drive past the guy, have another guy come and pass out. And so I'm low on Jaden Ivey. Wish him the best. Respectfully, low on Jaden Ivey. Next guy, A.J. Griffin. Talented, highly touted prospect coming out of high school, plays at Duke. And I watched a ton of Duke games. And I think A.J. Griffin was coming off some sort of leg injury in high school, but when you watch him dribbling and trying to dribble past people, he can't do it. He cannot, you know, do a quick stutter hesitation and drive past people. It just, he was not physically able to do that. And when you couple that with his inability to play defense, and I mean, he was an awful defender, like one of the worst defenders in the ACC. And so what that tells me is the quickness is not there. Guys are driving past him. I mean, just so many guys that, are not athletic. Just these like, you know, slightly overweight, thick white guys are able to drive past him and he'd always try and, you know, block the shot from behind and he's got really long arms, can jump, athletic, and he was able to get away with it. But, you know, on ball, staying in front of guys, not a strong suit. And then you would see him and I would see him against, you know, really weak defenders and he was not able to make a move off the dribble and get to the rim. And watching his highlights, the only times where he would, you know, be able to get past his defender and then maybe pull up for a jump or nail that, a lot of those highlights were against, like, South Carolina Upstate or Asheville, and the score would be, like, 80 to 50. And so it was not in his normal repertoire. And so his strong suit is set three-pointers. He's a really good three-point shooter, made, like, 46 47% of his threes, and... He's good at that one dribble, then step back, shoot a three. But it's almost like he's closer to Duncan Robinson than he would be like a a Victor Oladipo or a guy that can slash or a guy with his kind of athleticism and physique you would think he would be like. And so when, when you couple together all his attributes, like if I took the name out, the pedigree, and I told you he can knock down open threes, although his shot is one of the slowest developing out of any prospect in the draft, can't stay in front of guys, can't dribble past guys, 
and not an aggressive, you know, hustle type player, you know, what guy are the Atlanta Hawks getting? And so they picked him 16th overall. And I guess if you're the Hawks, you're saying, hey, at the very worst, we've got a spot up shooter that can play along Trey Young and where we'll have five guys that can shoot threes and just at the very worst, he's a spot up Duncan Robinson type shooter. And so maybe that's the case. Duncan Robinson got a big contract, although he wasn't able to play in basically any playoff game. But I'm just worried about a guy that the only thing they can do is shoot uh, defensively with that athleticism. You'd think he'd be a lot better. The dribbling, playmaking, not there. So respectfully out on A.J. Griffin as well. Let's wrap up with free agency news and not really free agency news, just Kyrie Irving news. He's coming back to the Nets for one year, and so people thought he might opt out and go to the Lakers and take that $6 million exception. There's a little Knicks buzz, which I thought would be really funny, watching him and Thibodeau uh, on the same team, just polar opposites. Thibodeau is like, hey, I don't care. It's a, a November game. You're playing literally 48 minutes a game, and if there's overtime, you're going to play every single second of that and Kyrie's probably like, nah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay. But um, he's staying with the Nets, but he, they, he did not get that long max extension. And so when you're looking at the Nets and Kyrie Irving, this is the biggest year of Kyrie Irving's career, and that's why I'm kind of buying a lot of Kyrie and Nets stock. He wants that max extension. This is a contract year, and we see this in every single sport. These contract years are these athletes' best year, especially with Kyrie getting closer to 30 years old. This is his last chance to get that big contract. And you couple that with the fact that he lost half of his salary last year, not getting the COVID shot. He's going to be really determined to make somebody believe that he is worth a max contract. And he's such a good player, such a talented player. You're going to have locked in Kyrie Irving that's going to want to play 60, 65, 70-plus games, that's going to want to go deep in the playoffs. You have Kevin Durant, who is embarrassed, run off the court by Jason Tatum. And you've got Ben Simmons, who has not played a game since that series against the Hawks where he passed up a layup because he didn't want to shoot free throws. You've got three guys that are embarrassed and determined. And I think the Nets in the front office have been scared by Kevin Durant rumors, Kyrie rumors. They're going to make moves in this free agency. They're going to have Joe Harris healthy, hopefully this year, another shooter. Uh, I really like the Nets. And people forget, you know, Ben Simmons, for all, you know, we want to make fun of him and a lot of it deserving, most of it deserving. He's an all NBA first team defensive player. He's a top 25, 30 player, a top five defender. Imagine him in that Celtics series. There's no more Jason Tatum driving, getting in the lane, getting fouled. and None of that is happening with Ben Simmons. And so this team that hardly played together, you know, we think just a year ago with just Kevin and a half 50% James Harden almost took down Milwaukee. Now we're adding Ben Simmons. They're going to make some moves in free agency. I think this Nets team is going to be scary and make a run at the Eastern Conference title. On the other hand, we have the Lakers. Quickly, 
They don't have any moves. They don't have any cap space with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I think AD he came in a little too thick last season. I think he's going to come in more in shape. But even then, is that enough? If Westbrook does not change the way he plays, if West, you have to have Westbrook just be like all-out defense, and then I'm going to get in the paint and dish it out. That has to be Westbrook for 28 minutes a game, and then you hope LeBron stays somewhere near where he's been. It's crazy that he's averaging 30 a game in his 19th season. Um, I really like their new head coach, the assistant from Milwaukee. It's weird. Some of these assistant coaches, you can kind of just – Hear them talk, watch them on the sidelines when they're assistant coaches, and you just kind of get a feel that the players like this guy and he's really respected. And I get the feeling with Darvin Hand that he's going to command respect from Westbrook. And I don't know if I'm, you know, a fool for thinking Westbrook can change, but I just think if the right coach talks to him and says, hey, lock in on defense, you're going to get steals and fast break points, try and get others involved. Don't shoot any jump shots. I really think that he could be a productive player for the next two or three years. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a good rest of your week. See ya.